Do you have any recommendations for how I should ingest this backlog of episodes? Also, I won't hear your advice until long in the future, once I catch up on the episodes. <laughs> Scotch shenanigans. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 450 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the Game Dev Comedy Podcast of Butterscotch Shenanigans. I'm Seth and I'm the games programmer. I'm Adam and I'm the miscellaneous programmer. I'm Sam and I'm the artist. And this is a show where we talk about life, business, and working in the games industry. Today is January 12th, 22 by 4. Uh, before we get started, we have a warning. There's going to be just huge volumes of profanity in this show. Sometimes fuck continuously. Loads. Reams. Yeah. yeah. Reams, so hopefully reams you and fuck loads. <laughs> so hopefully you switched off before Adam got one in there. Hey, the war- you said the warning. It was that. I said the warning, and if you don't if you don't immediately switch off, that's on you. Yep. How much so this is episode you know I mean? 450? Yes. Yeah. Every That's so often when we're Seth rattling off the numbers, I'm like, yeah. It's funny. It's getting to a point where I'll be, I'll, I'll be like reading the intro. I say the number and I just see Sam's expression. Like, <laughs> You're just like, what the fuck? What? <laughs> but it's, I think it's, it's also telling because, you know, we started this podcast when Sam was going through his cancer treatments. Mm-hmm. And the idea that we would have recorded 450 episodes was kind of, I mean, I wasn't were, really in the cards at that time. We weren't thinking that <laughs> far ahead at that point because yeah, we couldn't. We it it seemed like a fun way to spend some time, you know? Mm-hmm. But then here we yeah, are. I so guess roughly nine years later then. Apparently, I hope it's still a good way to spend time because, I mean, that's a, that's a lot, buddies. Yeah. That's a whole right. lot of time spent. <laughs> time. Yeah. So thank you to everybody who's, you know, put up with all of our nonsense for the past mm-hmm. nine, nine, nine years. years. That's just ish. That's just been it's been pretty cool. Uh, Also, we'd like to thank our supporters over at moneygrab.bscotch.net who are donating monthly to help support the podcast. If you'd like to support the podcast, just head on over there and uh, we'll grab that money. All right. Now, there's not much going on this week. I mean, there's a lot going on inside the studio in terms of we're just cranking out stuff for Crash Nuts too. Uh, Mm -hmm. A lot of stuff actually. It's it's kind of disorienting. Actually, how how fast things are happening a sometimes. Lot I love quickly. Uh, yeah. uh, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna focus on just a couple things. We're just gonna talk a little bit about what's going on in the industry, and then we want to get to some listener questions because you know we missed those for a couple of episodes. Uh, all right. So basically, the big thing that's happening this week is layoffs. Just mm-hmm. more more layoffs. But uh, that's so been had- true every week. For yeah, not, I mean, sorry, not in our studio, like it just everywhere just else. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so the big ones this week were Twitch, Discord, uh, Google, and Unity. Mm-hmm. So Unity, I think, was about a quarter of its staff. Discord, about 17%. Uh, Twitch, I think, like 150 people or something like that. Um, that's a lot. Well, it's a lot. It's like, it ends up being, I think, when you also include then the Google ones, which are, there's like some question marks still about exactly how many they're cutting. Because they were kind of vague about what was happening. Yeah, I don't know if they even know how many people work there. They have yeah, 180,000 employees. Yeah, which I don't so even. Many. Yeah, that is even. Yeah, and this is this is what boggles. Like anytime I hear about these layoffs, where they'd be like, "Oh yeah, we we fired like 300 people or a thousand people." Well, so I'm thinking, how did you have a thousand people being productive at all? Like, have you ever have you ever been to school and done a school group project, mm-hmm. and you get like four people together and you can't achieve anything with four people, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, what if we had 4,000 people and they had to collaborate and work on something? Yeah. How I does think, that work? It's, it's like the scale of this stuff is so crazy to think about, right? Compared to like where we're used to 
the spaces we're used to operating in, which is literally like the studio is the size of a team, right? Yeah, it's and not, I understand it for things like, like let's say, you know, you're Amazon, you need people to drive your trucks. There's so many right, deliveries, right. like like that, obviously. You Hard need limits on like X physical number of bodies, people. right? Yeah, yeah. But when we're talking about a tech company who's, you know, their, their focus is they're delivering code. They're, they're creating code and they're, they're deploying code. That's, that's their whole thing. And yeah, there's like, there's a lot of uh, server infrastructure that they need and stuff like that. But that's also very scalable. You don't need uh, like 8,000 people to have some servers, right? So like, but what's maybe you do. This is what I'm saying. Like we do, I don't know, I'm running a business at Google scale. I don't know how the fuck that works. Truthfully, like, but also so much of it is like customer service and like yeah, legal stuff, and like which ends up being it? in similar ways like the truck problem, which is like you kind of just need a certain number of people compared to however big it's, you're, well, you're trying to manage the sheer input volume, right? Because if you also think about because like the scales on both sides, right? Because like yeah, Google's got a just stupid number of employees, right? But also think of how many people use Google services. Yeah, right? all of them, mm-hmm. just all of them do all the people. And so now you have to try, like, think about like when we launched Crashlands back in the day, you know, there's, there's three of us and then, you know, a million players or whatever it was at the time. And we were just uh, dying. And we were dead. <laughs> we were just dead. Right. Um, and it, and it wasn't even because like, we, it was not, we weren't doing like individualized, you know, s- customer support. So mm-hmm. It was just the deluge of stuff was what caused us to kind of drown. Right. And trying to like pick out the noise from the or pick out the signal from the noise and all the stuff that was coming in. Um, so once you scale it up, like that's gonna keep like that stuff doesn't scale well, like the way to, to be able mm-hmm. to manage it. But especially if you like, this is like we learned that lesson. So we designed our whole studio around having that interface between the outside and the inside be manageable and scalable and handleable, mm-hmm. so that we don't have to just like throw people at the problem, right? Um, yeah, which is true of you know Google or whatever. Like yeah, anytime you try to, anytime as a customer, if you want to try to interact with these companies, you can't. Mostly. You can't. You cannot. Yeah. Right. So that's that's why I'm like, do they really have that many customer supports? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, right, like even like, if they even if they had, are like, I can't get my videos remonetized when they accidentally copy struck them. You know, I've been trying to talk to someone for like seven months, and well, this is what the thing is like. No even there. even no if yeah. even mm-hmm. if Google had because like because it's like the the copyright striking system is automatic, right? Everything's right. automatic. It's, all, it's, automatic. it's all automatic, right? But it's okay. So now, now let's say you need to do something that requires a person to look at it, right? So that's automatic. You have literally a billion people using YouTube, right? And mm-hmm. the sheer number of copyright strikes coming in constantly, 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 right? Must be outrageous. Even if you had 500 people, human people, whose job was to then like evaluate those, they would never touch the backlog, you know, it would be an infinite growing list as in like, it doesn't, it actually doesn't matter how many like support people you throw yeah, in you a problem. Can't. So, which is to say that, yeah, notoriously all these large companies have terrible customer service, right? And they should somehow do better. But also I don't think it's that they like don't have people there. I think it's that. But that's all I'm saying is the that's the number. only, like the, it's, it's basically data centers and customer service. Those are the parts where I'm like, I understand why you would need a large number of people to manage those aspects of things. Mm-hmm. Right. But then when it comes to, you know, like the, the production of, of the code and like the maintenance of the software and all of that, how, how do you have like, let's say you have like 3000 people working on programming, like software website. engineers, how, yeah. What is going on there? <laughs> like, I don't know. Well, <laughs> that's the question. Yeah, we saw this with, like, remember when, when uh, 
right when we left ClickUp because it was so fucking unstable and untrustworthy, right? Um, <laughs> we don't know if that's true anymore. We don't know if that's true, but it, it may not be. But the time, yeah. like we couldn't trust anything. Like we put an input and it would just evaporate and our automations would, or it would save for a while and then it would then go away, come back yeah. the next day. It's gone. You're like, what yeah. the fuck? So as soon as we lost a, we lost data like on three occasions in two weeks and we we're like, and that was when we, you know, we're like, okay, to switch. And then a few, but if you like, if you looked at their customer support portal, which is basically mm -hmm. just an, you know, an open sort of feed of user complaints, right? The top thing by far was everybody else complaining about the same problem, right? It was just like, we can't trust this service. So we'd been gone, but we were also signed up for the newsletter and stuff, you know, and we saw that they put out this big blast. We're like, we, we hear you, you know, classic corporate speak. We're like, we hear you. We've hired 200 engineers to solve all of our reliability and performance problems, right? And we saw this and we were like, to do what? Our how yeah, does our, that, our collective like, response was, oh no. Yeah, how does <laughs> it's that, like, good how thing does we that got make out. it better? Like how? Yeah, because if you take if you take 200 people who don't who who have no experience working in a code base and you set them loose on 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 the code base. But also base. who weren't in the organization before, right? Meaning meaning like yeah. you're, you're taking an organization that already exists and then you're just plopping in 200 more people all just working basically together. A, a whole other organization. It's a whole other organization that that because it's now has to it now has to bootstrap itself from scratch. It has to come up with its own ways of doing things. It has to like there's no how do they yeah, do anything? Right. I think it's kind of the question because like when I see these layoff numbers, which like again, this is not to say that that um, that getting laid off is any kind of a like value judgment on the people who get laid off from the stuff, right? Because it's like it just sucks. You know what I mean? Sort of no matter what, yeah. if you're the person actually getting laid off. But what I think is lost always in all the reporting because there's so many people, right? We're talking about like literally thousands of people every week at this point in tech losing their jobs. Uh, I'm not like I haven't I haven't gotten any of the like actual here's a person. Here's like what they were doing and like here's what happened to their team or whatever. You know, like I haven't gotten there's we no site. That, we saw that with the with Twitter and then with and with the yes. that first round of Google layoffs like a year ago with a huge when they, when they fired like 12,000 people or whatever. Mm -hmm. We saw those, because those ones were also like a, a particular kind of layoff where it was just like a cut as much as you can, basically right, at random, right. right? And those, a lot of the, and a lot of the stuff that we heard about that too was like people coming back in the office the next day to their gutted teams. Oh yeah, where, and their shit didn't work. Yeah, and, and they're and they're all, yeah, yeah, for that one, right, where they come in and, and they were just weren't allowed in, right? But then once mm -hmm. we got past that window and like every team had lost, had just randomly lost a person, oh, the whole right, teams were yeah. gone, right? And so we came back and they're like, we don't even know who's around anymore, you know, like, like, yeah, like a weird, dark, horrible vibe, you know, for mm -hmm. everybody. So we heard a lot about for those really big ones, but then ever since then, early with enough, these, I feel like it was, it was that people were able to go into some depth about like what was happening, but yeah. it's like right now it's just, it's just big numbers and there's so many coming out that you don't actually hear any like little internal pieces about like yep. what. Well, it, it's also going. possible that I, so I, I think that, that depending on the state, non-disparagement clauses yeah, may or may not be legal. Right. Yeah. And so that also kind of depends where if the company says, Hey, we're going to, we're going to, we're firing your whole division. Here's a severance package, but you can only have the severance package if you sign Decide. this thing saying mm -hmm. that you won't talk publicly about the, the conditions. Is that still state by layout. state? I thought that was federally no longer allowed. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember what the, but like, that's the only reason I could think of as to why you'd have like, you know, 10,000 people all lose their jobs yeah. in tech in a week. And then like, you don't hear from any of them. Well, and it's yeah. one of those things too, is that you, 
even if it's technically not legal, they can still put in the the thing to remember about law is like it's just lawyers and judges fighting each other, right? That's like that's yeah. what it is. But you can you could try to do anything. You could try to do mm-hmm. anything you want, and then see that's what true. happens. You know, so because I think a lot of that still, especially in like because like you, you see this a lot in the employment sort of space where somebody definitely got shit somebody definitely <laughs> got fucked by something, and it was definitely yeah. illegal for that to happen. But then when the question comes up of like, I mean, this is obviously a suit to be available. It's like well. Now you have to sue somebody though, and then go through all yeah. of that and go through the expense of doing that. And, and because that. law is basically arbitrary, um, then you it doesn't actually matter what's legal and what is it. It depends on what the judges and the jury say, you know, depending Enforceability on Enforceability is always the big question. Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of which, that does actually lead right into our first question. If Ooh, you guys just want to guys want to get into it. Uh, all right. So the highest uploaded question from podcast.bscutch.net comes from Captain Jazz, who asks, this one is for the former law student. Given how Levelhead uniquely manages to distribute player-made levels via the marketing department, is it possible for Bscotch to trademark or patent that game mechanic? Further, if some unnamed AAA studios were to use this mechanic in their unannounced game of Something Maker 3, mm. would Bscotch have grounds for legal action? Or is all of this impossible due to game mechanics being public domain? Mm. So... Here's all right. So first off, you, know, you got to think about the difference between a patent, a trademark, and a copyright. Mm, okay. So if you want, if you wanted to try to, if you wanted to try to like legally lay claim to something like this, it would have to be a patent. Yeah. Right. Which um, is essentially saying it's an in, it's a in particular invention, right? Yeah. Because like a, yeah. a patent so, is a way of doing something. Uh, yeah. So there are rules about patents. So you have to have something that is patentable, which I believe is like it has to be like a, a process, a machine, uh, something, something. So like yeah. this would fall it has under to the, be the non process. obvious. There's a, there's a collection of things. Again, all of them though are, are debatable. Are debatable. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. it's still arbitrary. Uh, so, so technically – Something like what we did with the marketing department in Levelhead is a is a patentable concept. It actually something most people don't know is that the concept of writing data to a physical disk drive is patented, mm. and every every company or like I mean, or like every company that that makes hard drives is violating this patent. Every piece of software that saves to disk is violating this patent. Right. That, the problem is is that that must be an old patent that's out of date uh, now or did somebody patent it recently because again you could no it was like in either. the 90s or something yeah, yeah. um and there was also a patent for essentially in-app purchases that mm-hmm. that uh everybody was violating just all the time because that's the second part of a patent which is the value of a patent comes from suing people that's how yeah. you get the that's how you get the value of that's the also patent. why you have patent trolls right who basically just go buy up patents and then sue people who are quote unquote you know violating mm-hmm. those patents yeah so if we if we own this patent then there's basically two possible things that could happen um one is that a, another company says oh we like this idea we want to do something like that we want to do that in our game uh so we're just gonna approach the patent holder and ask them if we can just pay them a license to, to use this patent. And then right? we'll negotiate for how long they can use it, what their restrictions are, how much they're going to pay us, blah, 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 all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. So that's what could happen. What will happen <laughs> instead is a company will say, oh, we like that idea. We're going to do that. And they do it. And then at some point later, we find out that they've done it. And then, and then we- And we think that there's money to be made there or that we're losing money as a consequence of them doing it. Right. And, and so then, then we, we then we take them to court to try to get them to pay us a license to use the patent because they've already used it, mm-hmm. right? So like either either we would try to get them to cease and desist where they would have to like stop doing it um, or they would just try to do something like 
take the the spirit of the idea and just make a few small changes to it or something so that it's not like technically quite the same. Yeah. Yeah. And this is, this is how uh, like uh, biomedical companies and stuff work when they're making drugs is they can issue new patents for a drug that has the same effect, but it'll have like a slightly different molecular composition. Yeah. And therefore they can just sue everybody and keep the prices high. Right. An example is like even, it doesn't even have to be a different chemical formulation, right? So you can take like, so Adderall, for example, there's Adderall XR, extended release, right? Which is basically a formulation of the stuff that you put the molecule into so that it basically gets digested at a slower kind of rate. Yeah. And and so they so they were able to then patent that even though so like so the short term like the short acting patent for Adderall, like just regular ass Adderall, right? Went out before that did. So people started making generics and they were like, ooh, we can do this long acting formulation, patent that one, and now again charge three hundred dollars for it. Mm-hmm. For the next, because patents last nineteen years, I think. Is that what it is? It changed. I think so seven, patents. seven, or I think it's nineteen. 17? Now. Yeah, something like whatever. that. Whatever. What a weird. Well, and it, well, it takes <laughs> it takes yeah, three. Fuck. It also takes about three years to get through the patent process, yeah. and it'll cost you at least it cost you at least thirty thousand dollars. Yeah, when I was back yeah. when I was in in uh, grad school, they were they were pushing because I was you know I was in biology grad school, so they were pushing us. They were pushing all the professors all the time to be trying to get patents right. So the school had a patent office whose whole job nice. was to be the interface between the stuff that all the scientists were doing and then the, you know, the governmental offices. And then also – but they're, of course, they're doing it on behalf of the – because it's, it's another one of those fun facts, right? Even if you work for a university, every discovery you make is owned by the university. Yeah, right? the university so, owns the patent for the thing. Yeah, so, so they own the patent and then depending on the university, they'll have different rules about what they actually share with you, you know, that kind of thing. But they also take on the burden of dealing with – getting the patent mm-hmm. together and dealing with licensing and all that kind it of stuff. It can be right? a good deal. If it can be a good deal. Okay. Depending. Yeah. yeah, it can also be a bad deal. Uh, but so like, so my, uh, my PIs at the time had, were going through a patent application process for one of the things that they were doing. Um, and, and we had all these like, we had all these discussions with the people running the patent office at the school and all this kind of stuff. And, they, and like, and basically what they told us was that basically it's going to cost the, the school $50,000 to, to submit and deal with a patent application. And so mm-hmm. that was what, so what they told us was like their evaluation was like, do we think we can convert the end result of this patent into like more. way more than fifty thousand dollars, right? Because if we can, then we'll throw money mm-hmm. at it and see what sticks. Because they're also it's like the same sort of like ten x philosophy that everybody else does in investing, right? Which is like, it's like publishing games, make it's lots like, of bets. It's like publishing games, like yeah. anything, right? And so the bet costs fifty thousand dollars, and then you hope that one of them pays off in the tens of millions or hundreds of millions or billions, even, right? Yeah, and importantly, patents are essentially only profitable in a, in a few specific industries, largely pharmaceuticals, because the other because the reason you do a patent is is for monopoly reasons. You say, yeah, I have something that people need or want. I'm going to spend a fuckload of money so that only I produce it, and therefore I can charge whatever I want. Yeah. Right? And well, it's also not an the, opinion you're expressing. That's literally the f- that's the point the of the system. Of yeah. Yeah. So the problem is. In most other things, uh, if you patent it, people don't need it so badly that they have to pay whatever you want to charge, and you can't really recoup the cost of, of the patent. In pharmaceuticals, and that's also, not true. It's right? also the case that in, in many other cases, like in you know, video games, like you said earlier, there are so many essentially tweaks, changes, whatever else that you can make without – while still getting basically the effect – that change enough of the underlying process. It's not like, again, it's not a drug. But it also depends on your willingness to get sued, right? And and the litigiousness of the patent holder. So I think a good example of video games was the, 
was the the idea of having a mini game that played during a loading screen, right? Famously, so the patent for that went away just a few, like three years ago or something, like really recently, right? That was the reason why you would just have to stare at a loading screen for 20 years was because some asshole patented that, right? Because <laughs> there are some things that I think, like, I honestly just believe you're an asshole for patenting. And this is like some of the, it's like these kinds of things. Like, even if it is a cool idea that nobody else has thought of, which I highly doubt for this particular one, but that's just greedy bullshit <laughs> for that kind yeah, of thing. I would, I would argue that, that patents are only hostile and negative. Yeah, I, would, yeah, um, I think that's, that's a, right. Well, the, because the, if you think, well, think the about goal this. of them though is, is to make it so possible so that if you, if you invest a tremendous amount of time and design and effort, whatever else into something that you can then recoup right before anybody else. That, yeah, whole, that's the, that's, the, like that's the philosophical purpose, but the practical reality yeah. of it is that it's only used to exploit. It doesn't actually. It's, it's because, largely used to exploit. Yeah. 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 Cause if you think about, if you, if you follow this hypothetical scenario through to its conclusion, we patent something, we patent this thing from Levelhead. Mm-hmm. Nintendo is like, Hey, we want to make the next game and, mm-hmm. and we want to use that system in this new game. Right. Uh, now, <laughs> If if then we sued Nintendo, oh my God, no. we have we have lost like in every possible way. Yeah. Like people love Nintendo, they don't know who we are. Yeah. We will immediately Nintendo's be one a of pariah. the monopolies <laughs> that we depend on for our financial success, right? And they can yeah, just also they can famously litigious. And they're famously litigious and have really good lawyers, and they know yeah. who doesn't have in and out. <laughs> yeah. 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 So like we would probably lose. They would still get what they want. Everybody would hate us. And we would have spent three years and tens of thousands of dollars getting this patent just to shoot ourselves in the face with yeah. it. Like there's just no there's no good outcome. Yeah. The to that. vast majority of the time a patent is not worth it. And and again, like the main use case is because you think you can take advantage. It's almost always because you think you can take advantage of somebody else using it so you can sue them for violating your license. Yeah. Like, or for Importantly, people, people talk about how the inventor of the polio vaccine did not patent the vaccine because he said, I want everybody to have access to this, right? That to me just drives drives the point home that patents are, are outwardly hostile to social progress, equality and access, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's basically saying I'm going to take as much as I can from everybody for as long as possible while giving nothing in return and stunting innovation, research and progress in this field for for the next two decades, right? That's what a patent is for. Uh, And also I think, I think notably back when the patent system was created, you know, in the freaking like 1700s and 1800s, (laughs) technological progress wasn't quite as fast as it is now. And so the idea of, 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 you know, spending like two decades inventing something and then getting two decades of market capture on it, it was like, yeah, that's, that's reasonable. (laughs) And now it's like, you take, you take a a year to make something. Outdated mechanism for trying to protect. uh, Basically all of our intellectual property stuff is just. It just doesn't work. Each one of the sort of concepts has like, has a good sort of philosophical underpinning for what it's oh, for. Oh, of course, right? yeah. yeah. But even even like discounting the, the the valid point that today is very different from 200 years ago, right? Even then, this is one of those like everything is a shade of gray kinds of problems that actually honestly isn't solvable. It's not a solvable problem, like like protecting yeah, you, intellectual you property, of, right? It's always or, a balanced thing, right? Where you're trying yeah. to make it so like in this case- You're you always doing the best that you can, yeah. yeah. But but in a system where where the governmental institution that, that basically defends or basically – because basically what you're doing when you're getting one of these intellectual property defense things, right? 
is you're calling on the power of the government to defend you, to defend mm-hmm. your intellectual property, right? And to help you define and make claims about your intellectual property. So like when that governmental system and the way that those things are defined can't adapt at all yeah. in any meaningful way to reality because it's too slow and there are too many competing interests involved so that even if it was fast, that wouldn't even make it better, you know? Mm-hmm. Like that's the reality of the situation that we're in. So it's like an impossible it just, all of it falls apart. You get down to, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's an impossible that, problem. And I think you saw this with, um, some people talk about copyright and there's always this stuff in music. I know recently like Ed Sheeran, I think got sued. Um, just a couple months ago, it was in court for someone was like, you took these like four notes, this mm-hmm. particular progression in one of your recent songs. And the thing is like, this has been, people have done this like every decade someone does this where they, there's some record label thing suing someone for essentially like using, quote unquote, using a chord progression or something like that. And it's largely been decided that it's the same way in video games, which is like mechanics are not, they're not things that you can like sue someone else about. The specific designs of like a song chord progression, you can't sue someone about. If you literally, you know, sample their song, you know what I mean? Like you have the, you took a copy paste song <laughs> and you used it and like did some funky stuff to it, whatever. Um, even then, like the record labels usually are, you're, they're doing license deals to get that stuff done actually, right? But mm-hmm. even then, like you can try to argue some stuff with like fair use if you're like remixing it really hard or something. There's all sorts of or weird if it's shit. A, if it's a parody, you know. Or if it's a parody. So there's, yeah. it's largely been decided that like you cannot do, you cannot do anything in terms of defending your game, the designs, yeah. mechanics, outside of the circumstance where someone literally takes it, just takes it. But I think that's, that's why, I think that's why actually games are fairly insulated from these kinds of problems because they're so fucking expensive and time consuming to make. <laughs> they are hard to make. So it's how it like, needs and, a smaller like, yeah. yeah. And if you, and it isn't like, cause like with a song, like if you're a really good musician, you can like hear a song and then play it. You know what yep. I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. With yeah, a video game, it doesn't matter how <laughs> yeah. good you are making video games. Like, I'm not going to go take Grand Theft Auto Five and remake it. You know what I mean? Like, like let me just copy paste that into my yeah, game. That's literally, not, that's and, and that's why. And you can see that kind of reflected in what happens, practically speaking, for what's defended in the intellectual property yeah. space there, right? And that's basically like piracy is the thing that actually in the games industry is meaningfully tr- tackled, and people try to deal with it, mm-hmm. right? Because Literally just stealing it wholesale is the only meaningful way to infringe you know, intellectual property uh, did, in video games. Did you guys hear about this this uh, public domain music project? So so you're talking oh, about chord yeah. progression. Yeah, it's like right? trying to make so like, every possible song. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, because they're basically like the problem with the problem with copywriting like chord progressions and songs and stuff is that there's only so many of them. It, it actually it is a finite set. There's a lot. It's a, it's a big it's like set. A language. Yeah. It's like language, oh, yeah. though, right? I mean, you, there's a lot of chords, and you could smash them together in a lot of different ways and yeah. progress them. Well, sure, sure. Ways. But also, like, it's, there's, it there's, is, there's it's there's finite. A, I mean, it's practically speaking infinite as far as yeah. it matters. But you know? there's also a, a, a subset of that where that sounds uh, good. That sounds good, <laughs> yeah, right? Sure, yeah. Fun, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so it's kind of like, so basically, there are people like using AI and all kinds of other like machine learning things to, to produce in mass songs that have unique chord progressions and then put them into the public domain. So that way nobody can copyright them. And, uh, and they just, they're that way everybody can just use them, but it's fine. You know, so, I may be so completely dumb. misremembering this, but isn't, isn't that the legal stuff around that? The reason why AI generated content 
was then deemed to be not copyrightable. For I was going to say, isn't uh, it? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that was, that was kind of like the protection against this. Somebody was like, ooh, like it, which is like, it's just true, right? It's like, if you want, if you want copyright to mean anything, then if something can just produce infinite content and copyright all of it, right? Then copyright doesn't mean anything anymore. anymore. <laughs> right. yeah. it, and I think this, this is basically, this is like the core argument against like being able to, to, have a concept of intellectual property around AI-generated content, which is that yeah. AI-generated content is effectively infinite, and therefore allowing it to be copyrighted creates a huge kind of fucking me. mess. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, I would just say, I would say, to me, this is no different than there being 8 billion people on the earth, any of which whom could make a song, right? So it's like- But they're not there's all already songs. But also, that's that's also why it's decided that you get, there's no way to do that, right? It's just yeah. not unless you literally just take the record. It's like you you when you what you're taking is a different thing than the chord progression. The chord progression is not what you're taking if you're copying the song, like yeah, the, the track. instrumentation, the just the whole else. thing uh, yeah. straight up. Then yeah, but otherwise it it just doesn't it doesn't really matter. I mean, we even had um, I've had two people actually had one one person a few months ago. Um, friend of ours from St. Louis sent me a note and saw the Wizard with a Gun trailer and sent me a note immediately and was like, oh my God, are they just like ripping off Crash Lance too? And I was surprised because I was like, I mean, doesn't look like it at all to <laughs> at me. All, yeah. <laughs> and then and then uh, just like two weeks ago, um, uh, Gary, our, our, our mom's father-in-law, 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 or not in-law, or father, stepfather, stepdad, um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we were adults, so it's a weird thing, you know. Um, yeah, I always, get, I always get confused with the proper words for this. What do you got? <laughs> but he sent me a text and he was like, oh my God, this, he saw his really cool t-shirt that was like an astronaut monkey thing, right? But the color scheme was very fun and very kind of, frankly, very crash landscape, right? And he was like, oh, they just like stealing your colors? And I was like... Those just are Those colors. Are just colors. They're maybe. not. Like, they're not <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's the same thing with the Wizard with the Gun stuff. It's like, you have... There's some maybe some like style sensibilities or something that are present, you know, across things, but there's nothing stolen. But even then, like, so thinking about like, remember the the vanilla ice uh, Mm -hmm. copyright thing against Queen? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So here's the thing. What I don't understand about this is intellectual property law is, you know, it's essentially to like ensure that you can capitalize on your investment. Yeah. That's right. the idea. It's supposed to be the idea. So what I want to know and is- And therefore you're promoting people doing it and therefore things progress. Is the, yeah. yeah. So what I, what I want to know is if if there's a, a, a famous song, right? And then you like, you sample a little piece of it and you put it into your song and your song becomes famous. It's not like, it's not like people go, wow, I'm not going to listen to that first song anymore because now I got this <laughs> second one. You know, like what's the actual damage? Because if anything, it actually reinforces the the connection between the two and it, it boosts both of them, right? It does. But if there's if it's a sample where you're literally – a sample is basically taking the actual recording, right? The out, like Just the a piece of song, it. A piece of the song yeah. versus yeah. – Again, versus chord progression, which is just underlying structure. It's basically that's the what I'm saying. Is I, I don't think I don't think in either case that actually like in in the case of music, I don't think it it harms either party, right? Because like if you hear a piece of a song in well, a song, it does so, though, in the sense of like you're because you're assuming basically equal 
parody as far as uh, previous song was popular and is in this new song. Right. Popular. So there's like that, like that Dido song. Because it's got into an Eminem song. Exploitation. Because right? the exploitation, exploitation side of this is that's the problem. Somebody samples a bunch of other people's music and then beca- and then makes a million dollars and then doesn't share any of that. Yeah, those people built make off of other yeah. people's work with the other people. Which right? really is back to the whole question mark open with the AI stuff. Because they're like, you guys literally took everything that everyone's made. <laughs> Just all of it, but Just they're not sampling it. it. Yeah, well, yeah, that's that's the problem, right? It's like, yeah. what is that? <laughs> what the? What did what you do? It? Yeah, or they, you or trained they, a model they on it. They may be sampling that... some of it. Like you don't like for exactly. the literal concept of a sample. Any any like image you generate, any like wall of text you generate out of these things, like any piece of it could actually be just like a literal. I mean, there were some people who found like some artists who were big enough and they always put their little signatures on stuff. Yeah, they put their signatures on things. Literally, if they they type it in, the thing would generate their like signature on a piece. They're like, I mean, come on, you know, it's like, so I think that that's why the AA thing is weird because it is this strange blend of sample and these like very clearly, like artists do this all the time. You grab pictures, you use reference boards, you make like Pinterest no, no one's trying well, to sue the shit It's why Pinterest, we have the whole right? argument like, of like, well, that's how people learn too, right? Is by mixing and matching yeah. over new stuff, yeah. right? But it's, again, it's like, because the scale thing becomes an interesting part of the puzzle because all of our systems around what intellectual property means, yes. how you make a living making, quote unquote, intellectual property, the things that are yeah, None of them can account for this kind of scale. None of them, yeah, they can't accommodate for the fact that a single person now could come in with a tool that can now generate in, infinite effectively tool. infinite amounts of that kind of previously sort of more conceptual content mm-hmm. that was defendable via all these different kinds of intellectual property laws, right? Yeah. yeah. But what about like a pharmaceutical company uses machine learning to find new chemical compounds, right? It's like they're definitely going to be allowed to patent that. Yeah, I don't think they're definitely, be. right? Yeah. I they're also gonna, they're gonna they be. Oh, no, I know they're going to be. Yeah. Right. I'm just saying. That, that's what I'm I saying. Is like, you should be allowed to, though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you correct that all of our systems kind of assume that only people have ideas. Yeah. And yeah. that, and that ideas are kind of rare and hard to come by, and good ones especially. Right. But now it's like, okay, but like, what if what if machines can have ideas and they can have trillions of them, and, and they, every and they second. look kind of like the ideas that this other person had and then we're sort of trained mm-hmm. up on the ideas yeah. that person had. But like I mean, machines can't it's the own same a thing. I, but it's the same idea it's, too. If like if a if a person comes out and they've been, you know, and they're a good artist, right? But all of their art looks exactly like some other artists who came before them. Exactly, mm-hmm. right? Like we also hate that. We all, that we call bullshit on that too, right? Where we're like, mm-hmm. come up with your own fucking style, you know, is is kind but of But this is also vibe, what's right? interesting though is like in like traditionally in any art domain, so games included, people talk a lot about uh, essentially like building on the building on the people who you take inspiration from, right? Yeah, and that's how you you're basically kind of like continuing the conversation into the future by you take you take some of this, you take some of that, you mix it together, you make your own stuff and you and it goes forward. And I think what's interesting about it is like again once it's not people doing it, the whole thing just gets weird. And also the payment thing. Cause it's not like, well, because the reason like that out. we have the defenses in the first place were to support human beings. Making exactly. Right. Yeah. So, but I think what's interesting is it's not like any game that comes out reaches backward. Uh, let's say the artists put a mood board together, right. Using a bunch of pictures off of Pinterest from like a thousand different uh, people's artwork that they found through Twitter, through art, art station or whatever you don't go like there's no one's getting paid you know what i mean for mm-hmm. supplying that inspiration and also it's like if you go to a museum and look at some stuff even if it's contemporary works like you're not even if you go make something that you were inspired by there there's no there's no traceable thing that ties 
you together. And also, it'd be really weird if you had to somehow figure that out. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. You know? Every time we make a game, we don't we don't think back through all the games we've played and potentially influenced us and contacted mm-hmm. developers and send them some cash because because yeah. we played their game. But also, point. we're not yeah. literally just taking all the the existing parts of their game and mixing and mashing them together to create the game either, right? Mm-hmm. It's, well, we are, this, though, in some, in some no, ways. Well, very abstractly and metaphorically, but versus like versus AI that literally just has all that data in it. It just, it's in there, right? And it's mixing and matching literally from the data, which is yeah. not the same thing as like inspiration. But I don't know. I mean, this, we, what's like, so strange about it? You know, it's like, I think it's it's so weird to try to figure out. And really what it comes down to is the fact that it's hard to live Right, without money. And so, I mean, it's impossible. Like, you know, it's, I mean, like it's just not possible. Yeah. And so, what you really end up with is this like sort of mass exploitation feeling where previously you had what was essentially a culture, like a cultural feeling, which was like, oh, we're building on the art of, a, of the past and mixing and matching these masters together and using new materials. And that seems cool because it's culture building, right? But then when it's like, OpenAI now has this machine that just spits out images and you pay them and they don't even, you don't even know whose references are going into the shit that you're providing. You're just right, like, unreal, uh, 8K resolution, uh, illustration, <laughs> you know. Who the fuck, whose stuff is in there? And it's like, you don't know. No. The fucking model apparently doesn't even everyone's. know specifically, but it's everyone's sort of bleh, smashed yep. together. I don't know. It's just fucking weird. Yeah, which is, I mean, it's, this is all examples of the same general problem, right? Which is we live under an economic system that doesn't make any sense. It's built around resource guarding. It's built around resource guarding and exploitation and monopolization, right? That's like well, that's how it, our it, system works. And when you try to apply those same principles, it's easy when it's like you have a piece of land because it's like yes. there's a physical fucking thing. You can try to keep people off of it. You yeah, can have really concrete gets, rules. It yeah, starts getting real weird, right? Yeah, once you're, you're talking like, about songs and art and video games, it's like, uh, everything is weird and it's, and it's really <laughs> fucking, and it's like, I mean, think about it, like you hear stories all the time too, even that really the concrete stuff. Cause again, the law is arbitrary, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's arbitrarily enforced and it's, it's, and it's differs every fucking, you take a step and the laws are different now. Right. So like it's all, it's so chaotic. And that's also true for stuff that seems like it should be straightforward and obvious. Right. You know, it's like again, property laws. It's like, once you get into court, though, you can make any fucking argument you want. If somebody buys it, then tech, then you didn't violate the law, actually, right? And now it's fine. Or you did, even though you obviously didn't. You know what I mean? Uh, and it, that's true for the concrete stuff, which is all to say, yeah. my opinion on like, is like, there's a handful of things that we've done for electric property protection, which are basically to say like, we do kind of minimal piracy control kinds of things, right? Um, because again, the, the most difficult- very you minimal because the most costly thing to us is just people outright copying and stealing it. But for the most part, that's going to happen and can't be stopped, you know. So we have very mm-hmm. minimal stuff that's mostly protecting things like our own server costs and that kind of stuff, right? Um, and then we have trademarks on our core names of things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because trademarks are actually defendable um, and actually easy. Because yeah. again, most of what we're defending against is like on YouTube, if someone's mm-hmm. using it, or on the app store. Trademarks are right. actually a positive thing because that's that's basically, it allows you as a customer, if you see the trademark on something, you're like, I know who made that. Yeah. Well, as opposed to if, it's actually, like if anybody yeah, it's, could it's slap a, a logo on it. It's actually more customer protective in my opinion than it is like, it, but it, yeah, exactly. it can be, yep. you yeah. can exploit it to like, like, you know, monster was it Monster Energy Drink that was, or the other one, or some other Monster company, or Monster Cables? 
Mm. Is that what it was? There's a company called Monster Something that sued. This is like a few years ago, but it sued every company in the fucking universe who had a name that had monster in it. Right. That's like Which is a lot. Spoiler. Yeah, and and like, it was like, like it was like little companies, but they just sued everybody because they because they had the idiot belief. Because it's actually not literally true that to maintain your trademark, you have to sue anybody who has the remotest whiff of maybe like infringing. Yeah. A lawyer will tell you that because that's how lawyers. That's how they make so money. Be careful right? there. Uh, so, yeah, so, so they got <laughs> so they got tricky. hijacked basically by some legal assholes. You know, it was like, oh yeah, we should sue everyone with the name monster, and, they, and then they did right. So like so any of these tools, any legal tool period, can be used violently um, yeah, and exploitatively, right? Uh, but I think trademark is, like, the only one that's 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 fairly unambiguous, actually, and, like, the goals, it's pretty straightforward. It's it's a lot easier to the understand is, what it is. It's, 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 the scope is very limited, right? Yeah, and, the goal is to prevent confusion. And yeah. so also, so, for example, like, when we were looking at, at Levelhead stuff, we, we found that, like, there's a, a company that makes a specific type of a golf tee, that they yeah. call a, a level head because it's like it's got some kind of a leveling thing. And uh, there's no trademark danger there because no human being on earth <laughs> would see golf tee and platformer video game on Steam and be like, I don't know which is which. So there was a closer yeah. one, though, which was there was that meditation app. That was called Levelhead. Yeah, um, and it's only closer just because it's digital. Because it's an app. Like, yeah, but but, but it's one of those things. Like part of what we get, what we did there was that well, if we file a trademark on Levelhead, then and we get that trademark, then it also means that now when those other companies, if they decide to be litigious about it, right, then we can be like, well, we look, we have we have a trademark on it, and if you look at the list of cat, because like trademarks have categories too, right, that they protect within. And yeah. Like there's not there's no overlap between these categories, so like. Yeah, ours is under entertainment or whatever. Yeah, so the incentive yeah. then – so basically we, we dramatically reduce the – because they can still sue us because you can sue anybody. But we dramatically reduce the incentive to do it. And also if somebody in the future goes around looking at it and they're like, ooh, I want to name my game Levelhead and they don't know about Levelhead. And for some reason, don't just do a Google search. They could search basically all the trademarks and be like, what things – what trademarks have level or head or level head in them, right? And they would find ours and be like, oh, we shouldn't do this, right? We should go up with a different <laughs> – which is what we did too. Like any, like any time we've had any title for anything, we did a trademark search to make sure that we weren't likely to get into trouble. And so it also kind of serves as a nice like index of other brands that might you know conflict with the one that we're trying to create. Um, so. Yeah, and of course, like you got to be careful. You can't you can't know everything. Sometimes you'll do an exhaustive research, and be like, okay, I've got a good name for a thing, blah blah blah, and then later you find out there was something from long ago that you had no way of knowing about. But at that point, then it's also again like the whole point of it is confusion. If it's like a discontinued product or something, it doesn't matter. It's fine, you know. Uh, all right, we got time for one last question. Let's you go. guys ready? Yeah. yeah. All right, this question comes from IR Dumb, who yeah, says, God, I love dumb questions. Who says, Greetings. I fell off the side of the earth shortly after the first Shenana Jam, which I think was 2017. Been a minute, I think. Yeah. Uh, and now I've come back to upwards of 300 podcast episodes yeah, to catch luck. up on. <laughs> Do you. Do you have any recommendations for how I should ingest this backlog of episodes? Also, I won't hear your advice until long in the future once I catch up on the episodes. This is truly oh, no. a dumb question. <laughs> how will that work? Care to leave me a time capsule for when I do catch up? As an aside, congrats on Levelhead. I played through the whole campaign and it was a treat. I love the idea of saying, uh, I'm going to ask you a question. Give me some I, would love an answer. I would love an answer in like 150 hours. Yep. <laughs> 300 hours. Oh, right. Yeah. He's got th- yeah. All right. So here's, here's what you're going to do. So by this point, you have caught up. OK. 
Okay. But there's a hundred more episodes. Yeah. Because depending yeah. on fast. So, so now that you've caught up to this point, but you still have, you know, at least a hundred more hours to go. Cause you, you know, we'll see in a couple of years when mm-hmm. you finally get caught up is you actually have a golden opportunity here that not mm. many people, well, everybody has, but not many people realize they have, right? Which is you're, you now have a 100 hours that you're definitely going to spend over the next year or two just listening to something, which means like those are 100 hours that that you can't do much else, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can't, for example, like study for school or blah, blah, blah. So what can you do with those 100 hours? You could, for example, start running, like, be, like start jogging and listen to the podcast while you jog. You're saying you know? because you know what's coming. You know, you know you're going to dedicate this time. How can you double up on it? Mm, double dip. Get more out of it. So I you're know. you're like so this has become we're now we're a grind set podcast. Right? Oh, rise and grind, baby. Rise Let's go. and grind. Put your face yeah. in grind so until you got yeah. no nose. Well, this is like this is this isn't here's, about the here's, hustle. Here's, here's this is about self care. Self care. But, but there's another form <laughs> of self care which is lounging on the couch with a cat on your chest listening to a podcast, which honestly. Mm-hmm. Pretty fucking dope. That's also pretty good. I, yep. Yeah, I think lounging for several hundred hours does get a little bit. Uh, it depends on how you distribute it. You know, a little bit tiresome, but yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. If you're going one a week, yeah. But basically, my point being, you know, you've got you're you're going to be setting aside this time. Can you can you do can you like better yourself in another way? Yeah. So you so know, what you're saying is, if you're listening to the podcast, like you're not getting much out of it. So the question is, how do you? <laughs> Is that if, if I, so for me, for me, for example, when I'm when I'm having a, on a phone conversation with somebody, I can't just sit there, right? Oh, like yeah. I can't just stand I, I, I in one pace spot. And, yeah, yeah. yeah, you got to pace. You got to like I, and like I'll be doing dishes or you know. That might, that, that might not be normal though because we do all have ADHD. Yeah, yeah but, notes, but, which is yeah, weird. But point being, like <laughs> you know, what about like deep cleaning your house while you're listening to the podcast? Ooh. You know, like there's like there's stuff you could do while you're listening to podcasts. It's not to say that you don't get value from the podcast. It's just that. Only your ears and mind are occupied. Is there some chores or things that you've been wanting to? But that is assuming that you're not already, because like I actually like I listen to podcasts. It's like kind of the other way around for me, right? It's like mostly I listen to podcasts while I'm doing chores, like while or like while I'm getting ready in the morning, while I'm in the shower. You know, like it's already being doubled up, doubled upon. but it's kind of the other way around, you know, where it's like. Yeah, that's what I'm saying is is there's no reason it doesn't have to go the other way. Where you're like, I'm true. going to listen to a podcast for the next hour. What can I, what else, what else can I do while I'm listening? You know, just go for My it. My suggestion would be to put it on 2x speed. You know what I mean? I Because clearly, clearly, if you got a thing for falling off the earth and being 300 episodes behind, I don't know if that's going to change. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know where you're at. You got to get caught up. So yeah. that will help you in the long run, just sort of reduce the amount of catch up you have to do technically. By just speeding it up a lot, but and it also if you do that, like on, for fifty hours, you'll understand probably the words. Yeah, and it, but it really depends on why you're listening to the podcast, you know. Because mm-hmm. like, if you just like hearing the voices, then you know, gotta just get it's gonna have to one exit because otherwise is it the voices ASMR for you. Is it you ASMR? Know? I don't know. Is it, tap, is it that you phone. like our, <laughs> is it that you like our, uh, uh, you know, aggressive takes on particular topics, you know, because if so, like, do you want those to be current? Because in that case, do you, you, do you want the crypt, jump the crypto highlights? <laughs> yeah, you the, yeah. Yeah, then you probably should stay more up to date and like listen backwards instead of forwards, because otherwise, by the time you hear our hot takes, they're really out of date. Yeah. Like, I, if you think about it, like even our NFT hot takes, right, which were going strong even as of a few months ago. In the world, though, nobody's fucking talking about NFTs anymore. They're, they've mm-hmm. become irrelevant besides being a joke, right? And 
in the next like couple of years, that'll be even more true. And so if you, dear listener, are like, if it's 2027 mm-hmm. and you're listening to our podcast from six months ago where we're just fucking ripping apart how stupid NFTs are, right? <laughs> you might be like, what's an NFT? I forgot, I forgot <laughs> about that. I forgot Never that even heard of existed. This. It sounds so dumb. Why would someone yeah. try and do I think what's an NFT is the only proper response to anybody talking about NFTs. Yeah. In any- Honestly, that's really good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, dude, have you seen like the new NFTs? And then right? after they explain it, be like, "But what is it?" <laughs> I like, I like that the, the fact that it's defined by what, what it isn't. You know, it's a non-fungible token. That's like that's its, its whole thing is what it's not. You know, which is mm-hmm. yeah. but what is fun- great, somehow like beautiful. It was like a yeah. like a Julie Noki on YouTube had like oh, a hilarious. fucking hilarious NFT comedy sketch where she's like, "I'm gonna get some NFTs. They're non-fungible." And the person's like, "What? What is that?" And she's like, "Just try to fung it." Yeah, you can't. See, yeah, you can't fudge that. Fudge my token. You can't. <laughs> it's an NFT. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... Fudge it. You can't fudge it. You can't, you can't do anything else with it, but you definitely can't fudge it. Yep. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Unless you wanted to. You can actually, like, you could fudge it. They're NFT. actually extremely There's fungible. There's nothing preventing you from funging it. <laughs> Even though, which I think is, again, just like, out, underlines the point of the point. Well, you can't, you can't fudge... You can't fund the token. the token, but you can fund the thing that the token's attached to with with ease. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it's also yeah. like, but that allows you to fund the token. You know, it's like you could just because I mean, the non fungible yeah. just means you can't basically exchange one for another because they don't have equal value, right? But the value is arbitrary and and but well, they do have equal people. value because they're they have no value. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah, the exactly. tricky part. That's, that, yeah. it's, that's where they've gotten uh, to. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's I buy a donut. I've got a receipt. Sam walks up and eats my donut. And I'm like, what? You can't do that. And he's like, but I mm-hmm. did, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's gone. <laughs> I have a receipt, though. Yeah, it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, okay, receipt. Receipt. Donut's gone. It your got somebody else's. trash and worth nothing. The, especially the receipt does nothing to prevent then, somebody from eating Sam my donut. Says, Get funged, noob. Yep. And he laughs and mm-hmm. runs off into the distance. Yep. Yeah, I hate when people funge my donuts. Yeah. It pisses me off so much. It's fucking bullshit. Anyways, that's all the time we have for this week. Uh, we'd like to thank our producers, Fat Bard and Sampa DaCosta, for putting the podcast together. And thanks to our community moderators who keep our Discord running. To get more involved in the Butterscotch community, you can go to podcast.bscotch.net, where we have links to the Discord, a way for you to donate, and links to the podcast archives. And as always, if you haven't yet, head on over to Steam, give questions to a wish list. It'll boost it in the algorithms and the store charts, and it'll help us out quite a bit as we uh, ramp up towards the launch of this game. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye.